Hi, this is Tasha M. Dyer with the BYOB Movement, Be Your Own Bank. And we just want to welcome you to our podcast. Grab a pen, grab a paper, because we're going to be sharing information that has been hidden in plain sight. Information about the financial markets, things you've always wanted to know. And after you listen to this podcast to get more information or just to contact us, reach out at beyourownbankmovement.com. Beyourownbankmovement.com. Now, enjoy the show. Ready? Well, we're happy to have you with us today. We're excited for those of you who are listening to us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so excited to be able to come to you by Facebook, by podcast, and so many social media outlets. And I'm sure that Ms. Dyer is going to make that clear just a little bit later on. We're excited to have this opportunity to share with you. And I have with me this, this evening, um, uh, Tasha M. Dyer, a retired uh, uh, Army officer, and also uh, we have uh, with us Gerald Rogers and also uh, Dr. Craig Bikewood. And we're so thankful to have them with us. We're going to give them an opportunity to say something before we get started. Well, hello, 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 hello. I am definitely so excited. Um, definitely excited. I mean, literally, Happy New Year, everyone. I'm excited to be back live here with you all as we gear off and we kick off this new year. We're talking about this is literally the year of transformation and we've actually extended. We, we've taken this a step deeper. We've, you know, so as it feeds on your social media, what I need you to do is share this. One million families financially educated and impacted. Make sure you share it, but also, Go find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and coming soon to Apple. So definitely, definitely, definitely want to make sure that you go find us so we can empower you. So I just want to say Happy New Year. I'm excited to be back here. Be your own bank, hidden in plain sight. Yes. Mr. Rogers, how are you today? Absolutely fantastic. Happy to be back over these airways with our amazing guests. And once again, I want to give a shout out. Happy New Year to everybody. The year of transformation. We are definitely excited about the information that we're going to continue to share. Uh, I want to definitely give a shout out to my amazing colleagues, uh, the trade whisperer herself, Ms. Tasha M. Dyer, the finance doctor, Dr. Craig Bythewood, and obviously the general in God's army, our very own Bishop Harold Rollison. So once again, it is absolutely an honor and privilege to be able to uh, engage uh, and, and walk this uh, journey out with each and every one of you. But most importantly, our guests, if you're on social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, we wanna make sure that you like our page, share this information. One Million Families Financially Educated and Impacted. And we're gonna put the tools in your hands to be able to excavate the land in which each and every one of you come from so that you now can be responsible for writing your own and creating your own personal financial narrative as you endeavor to create wealth for you and your family. Thank you. Dr. Bywood, are you out there somewhere? Yes, I am Bishop Harold Rollison, and I would like to echo the sentiments of my colleagues 
and let everyone know just how extremely ecstatic I am to be in the presence of greatness, to be in the presence of servant hearts that have come together collectively to help you transform. So I greet our listening audience and I am very excited to be a part of this broadcast. Yes, yes, I'm excited to be with all of you this, this evening and I'm excited about our theme and we wanna just take off with our theme today coming from Romans uh, chapter 12 and verse number two. Now, before we have Ms. Dyer read that passage, uh, we wanna know that Romans is about, is written to both Jews and Gentiles those historically Jews that become Christians and those new uh, Gentiles who had just been introduced into being a servants of God, part of the kingdom of God. And we're excited about that. And those first, first few chapters talk to the, the Jews and say that you got to understand that God is not your God exclusively, but he's including others. And he's saying to these Gentiles, when we get to the end of Romans, that it, something has to happen for you uh, to be the kind of, have a kind of mindset to be a part of the kingdom of God. And so we're excited about the newness of mind and, and the uh, transformation that has to, has to happen in an individual who uh, was formerly a, 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 a stranger to God and now they've been drawn near to be children of God. And so Ms. Dyer, can you read that passage for us? Absolutely, absolutely, Bishop. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good yeah. and perfect will. Perfect scripture. Thank you, Ms. Dyer. And I'm excited about that because he said that we can't be conformed uh, to those uh, Gentiles who lived in Rome. You can't live like the Romans anymore. There has to be a change in your mindset. And so we have somehow we have to leave our old mindset, our old way of thinking, our old way of behaving, because all of that is controlled by what we think and how we view God in our lives. And so uh, we're challenged today as we talk about trading, how we think about investing our, our money, how we think about what we do with the money that we, we, we we're able to come uh, be a part of who we are and how we handle that and who we trust with it. It has to be a has to be a change of mindset that has to happen with us. And so Paul says if things are going to get better, it has to be a renewing your mind. And as we look at this passage, we're going to notice that uh, we're going to notice that um, there's a requirement, and he gives us uh, in this passage what has to happen in order for our mindsets to change. Miss Dyer. Yes, Bishop. Um, what are some of the most uh, important things? And we notice that, that uh, in this passage, Paul talks about uh, God has put everything in place and he talks about uh, the necessary teaching and training that's a uh, part of changing your mindset. And he said some, he had gifted some to be teachers. And in doing your course in the military, uh, I'm sure you ran across some folks as you tried to train them. Uh, they would tell you, they would say during the course of training, I know, I know, I, I know. And you know they don't know because uh, they haven't been introduced to this information before. And then I know those people who are, who are, who think that they know and they really don't know and they want to pretend to know. You notice Paul says in this passage that we all not think of ourselves more than we ought. And so we got the mindset that we already know and we already have an understanding, then it's very difficult to change that mindset. You, uh, often we run into folk 
when we talk about in terms of our investing our, our money, we talk to people who uh, often run into you and they say, I know, I know how to invest. I know what I need to do. And you can't teach them. Have you ever ran anybody like that? Uh, absolutely. I mean, that, that's always the case. But, you know, you mentioned the military. So I, I can actually make a comparison for you to really bring this home and bring it to perspective because we all come from different walks of life, different backgrounds, different people feeding into us consistently and all the time. So what the military does, because you do have to be transformed, you know, you do have to be shifted. So what they do is they put you for, with a basic training, officer basic course, whatever the case may be, they're going to strip you for eight to nine weeks or three months based on whatever course you're going through where you have no access to the outside world. You know, every, you get to make a phone call every now and then. And so they're going to drill it into you, how the, the shift and that change of mindset. And if you don't transform, if you don't conform, then you just get to go home. Like you're not fit. You, you say you're not fit for service. So, you know, that's just how the military actually are Un involuntarily transform. So now when we take this shift, you have to take that same mindset because here we are talking about people from all different walks of life, talking about people with all different types of background, but we're talking about the same market that's literally available to every each and every last one of us. So some have been exposed, some haven't, some understand how to work money, some don't, but yet, now, the difference is, is nobody's going to force you to do it. Nobody's going to involuntarily transform you. You have to voluntarily transform yourself. And so that's why the transformation and the renewing of your mind is so important because you have to be able to eliminate everything from your past, all of your previous thinking and be able to um, launch forward. And, you know, so you can actually make that shift that you're looking and that, that shift that you ultimately desire. Mr. Rogers. Well, absolutely. And I think one of the, the, the major points of uh, understanding is, and, and that's why uh, Paul does want us to be transformed by the renewing. So uh, as Ms. Dyer already alluded, we come from a myriad of backgrounds where um, some things that were made available to us, you know, it was a part of the programming and we're all being programmed. It's just a matter of what type of programming uh, are we getting? So when you look at the educational system that we've been inundated here in, in America, uh, it, it allows the average person to be a part of a process and a system. And we talk about systemic, you know, systems are designed to get specific outcomes. So when it comes to understanding of money, um, there were no conversations in many of our households understanding how money actually works. Yes, we were taught to go work for money but there was never any conversation in our households that actually put us in a position where we could be resourceful based on those ideas and outcomes. So that's the major point that when we're talking about people uh, who say they don't know, it's, it's simply what we call the, well, one of the four stages of learning where it's the unconscious incompetence, where you simply don't know that you know because you haven't been exposed to that level of understanding. So it's very important to make sure that we present this information so that individuals can realize that two things, in, in, in my opinion, how do you become your own funding source? How do you live out your biblical creed? So we have to get back to that point where we have to unlearn some things, unpack some luggage, because 
the programming is consistent. Now we have to uh, do a virus scan where it makes sure that bad information that's been on our hard drive all these years, we download a new program. Uh, and remember, when you're being entertained and you're watching the program, there's a reason why they call it program. So what, are the pro what type of programming do you want? Do you want programming that's gonna be benefit you financially and put you in a position of wealth? Or do you wanna be programmed continually to be consumer where you're always looking for handouts? So there is a choice and we wanna present that choice to our listeners and everyone else that's, that's uh, dialed in and tuned in today. I'm sure you heard of that, the law of the first teaching. Yes. And that sounds like Paul is telling these folks, you can't be uh, confirmed, conformed to, the, to, to this age, but be ye transformed. And so you being conformed that those things that you've been taught from a child up, get yourself a savings account, you know, get yourself a good insurance policy, you know, those, those archaic ways of handling your money. And people don't know a lot about money. I was, <laughs> I, I bought some eyeglasses today and I used my cash app card. And as a result of using my cash app card, uh, I uh, paid 400 some dollars for the glasses. And uh, I got uh, $15 in Bitcoin as a reward for using my cash app card. And the young lady say, I said, see what I got? See what I got from a, from a car, I got Bitcoin. She said, oh my goodness. I heard about Bitcoin, but I don't know that much about it. And so that was a teachable moment for me to talk to her about currency and how currency work, especially after what happened in Washington. I said, you know, uh, the last time we had something like that that happened in Washington, we had 700 different forms of currency in the United States. She said, huh? I said, yes. And I said, because insurance companies were acting like banks. The heavy industry companies were acting like bank. The iron and iron companies were acting like bank, and you could write uh, something similar to a check uh, and use it as currency. And uh, I said, now they united the currency when they had to pay for the war, and that's why we are, we got one currency now. She said, I thought it was always one currency, not in America. And, and so you know, you have the opportunity to teach and to learn. Of course, of course, she want to learn how to be her own bank now after that conversation. But a young folk uh, and a lot of other people just haven't been exposed to information. Once they're exposed to information, they, they, they uh, have to make a choice whether they'll go with the new information or whether they're going to go with what's, what haven't really been working for them. Dr. Bifewood. Yes, sir. How are you this evening? I am doing outstanding. Thank you for asking. You know, this subject really to me brings out a lot of the reasons why I love this movement. Of the many pieces of value that I think we add, one of the things I love is that we're giving opportunities for individuals to shift the way they think so that they can empower themselves. And part of empowering yourself is not only to have a mechanism where you're in control, but you're also in control of the assessment, of the evaluation. I thought Ms. Dyer's example about the military was excellent. And in that example, the military is making the decision of whether you are acceptable. Well, if you think about the beauty of the levels and layers of this work, 
be not conformed to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you do that, you will prove what is good, what is acceptable, and what is the perfect will of God. So that ye, that Y-E, those two letters are so critical to me. Because what that means is when you recognize that you're the one that determines what type of world you're going to have and live in. When you recognize that you're the one that's going to determine that you have the ability to be transformed from how you when you realize that, now you recognize that you also are the evaluator. How many times in life have we had that evaluation, that final exam, that annual review, and we get that little anxiety in our stomach? You know why? Not because we're questioning whether or not we did well or not, but we know that somebody else is in charge of the evaluation. Someone else is in charge of the assessment. So this Romans 12 and 2 is reminding us that by being our own bank, we are the ones that provide the annual review. We're the ones that decide the grading rubric. We're the ones that decide whether or not we are acceptable because we determine in our relationship with God what is good, what is acceptable, and how we will transform. And that to me, Bishop, is a beautiful thing. That That is a beautiful thing. I, I, was, I was really thinking when Mr. Howard mentioned the, uh, the total isolation that the, that the army takes you through, I thought about my, my older brother who's now deceased. I can remember him writing home and said, mama, I'm writing this letter. I'm sitting on the toilet. This is the only place I can write. And uh, uh, he was hiding in the bathroom so he got to write a letter home. And that 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 scared me to death. I said, well, I'm not going that route. But you know, it was a it was an idea that actually they they'll time you. Like you got so much time to even do that. And all of y'all gotta go at the same time. When I tell you, like you don't have now, you know, today's army, you know, I, no, let me stop. But <laughs> that's how it was. You you got you got five minutes. All of y'all got to go. So. Yeah, he was right, and that really scared me. He turned down a couple of football scholarships because he thought he wanted to be grown real fast, and the army was a way to get get from under the the, the reach of my my mother and father, and so that's what he did. But I I, I chose another route. I, I accepted my scholarship and went on about my business. But uh, <laughs> I can imagine being in a place where you can't write, you can't write home, and uh, they had a place in Fort Jackson called Drag Ass Hill. And that was part of your transformation in the middle of the summer in Columbia, South Carolina, running up this steep mountain of a hill they created to create endurance and uh, getting up early in the morning and, and running for miles and miles. We thought wind sprints were, were rough, Mr. Rogers, but the way he described it, he scared the, the living daylights out of me. So there was no way I was going to do that. But I like what you said, uh, Dr. Bikewood, uh, when it comes to um, uh, measuring your, your goals you determine what is good and so that tells me that, that there are some goals that one has to set for themselves in order for that to measurement to take better because he said that you will uh decide what is good and pleasing and so uh you have to you get an opportunity to determine whether you met your goals or not when it comes to financial goals don't wait until you 
65, 70 years old and say, wow, I didn't make my financial goal. Now I need to reassess. The time to reassess is, is in their 30s and 40s when you really uh, have an opportunity to, to have time to make, to reach those goals. And, 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 and so when he says that we have to make preparations for our goals in order to be pleasing. And so uh, I'm sure some of you have take, take, had the opportunity to, to talk with people about their goal setting, economic uh, goals in life. And it, the question is, how often do you find people who are on track with their goals? Well, that's, I, you know what, I love that because even right now with Women Teach Forex, the, the women's group, what we're actually doing is exactly that you know uh, but it all starts with understanding where you come from you know where we're talking about budgeting actually identifying where you are so most of the time nobody's on track to where they want to be in their goals but nobody actually pulls back to understand where where they you have to know where you are where you're going so identification first and that's actually what we're doing and even kind of tie in something that Mr. Rogers said and into that question you know he, he mentioned programming you know think about this for just a moment because a goal right now for most Americans a goal is $15 an hour it was something we voted for you know whether you voted for it or against it is what passed right and so $15 an hour and really really think about that because we're programmed to think okay that we need to keep that's 25 cents a minute. Just think about your value and what you're worth. That is literally 25 cents a minute. And so when you break that down, so is that a really a goal? Is that something that you, you want to set forth that that's your goal, that your value is only worth 25 cents a minute? So we just had a young lady that, you know, just share with us after I shared that with them, that she made, you know, when she broke down what she traded in just a few hours, we're talking about $1.44. So just kind of put that in perspective that you want to be able to set your own, you know, you want to be able to set, create your own value. You want to be able to know what you're doing and where you're going, but you also have to know where you're coming from. Because I know if you, I would have really thought about it in the past and how much you're really making a minute, you know, that's really going to make it shift and kind of change some things because then you get more committed to obtaining those goals. You get more committed to wanting that shift and that transformation. Wow, Miss, you put that that way. That really makes me feel bad because about 10 years ago, I was paying my employees $15 an hour. And uh, I need to say, I'm sorry for paying y'all 50 cents. And you say 50 cents a minute. That make me feel bad, Mr. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> but you can't change the past. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Rogers. I, I think one of the things, too, is we're talking about transforming the mind. We have to also create a new image of what the future entails. And as we extract ourselves from that, because, you know, one of the things that our movement is centered around is also uh, impacting individuals and, and helping them and giving them the ability to put the pen in their own hands and write their own financial narrative. Because so often, you know, everyone is always talking about they don't have time uh, because, you know, time is an abstract concept, but everyone has time because uh, it's just a matter of what we find a priority and how we allocate our time. Uh, I'm an avid sports fan. You know, I, I, I believe I'm completely and totally delivered from that aspect. But I used to think about before I really understood what 
financial goals were and, and making goals specific. I was that guy that spent every Saturday from 12 noon to 12 p.m. or 12 a.m. Eastern on a Saturday watching every football game. And, and then on Sundays, I would repeat that behavior. And I realized that none of those activities were getting me closer to my financial goals. And it wasn't until I had a conversation and quite honestly, it, it was a very uh, frank conversation. I, I really appreciate the candor of the individual who told me that it, it's not the fact that you don't have time. Becoming financial resource is not a priority of yours. And with those things that we find value in, we make the necessary adjustments. So I just want to admonish those who are listening to, once again, we're talking about transforming your mind. You, you have time. It's just whether or not learning the skill set putting your family on the other side of money now becomes a priority because for those things that now that are now priorities, we make the effort to move closer to that. So hopefully I'm shocking any, many of us out of our stupor. Uh, this is the year 2021, our transformation, but nothing is going to transform in our personal uh, ex experience until we really uh, uh, reallocate our thought process and understand that we have to be very definitive when it comes out in pursuit of our financial proudness. Wow, that, that, that's, that's a lot, you know, that we do have the time and we just have to stop watching New Orleans on Sunday. Uh, who, who that, I mean, they lost so bad, you know, it just wasn't worth me watching, you know? And so, uh, <laughs> shots fired, shots fired. We're going to leave these banks alone. We're going to leave this alone. We move forward this weekend, so. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd mess with Miss Dyer. She's a, She's from Louisiana, and so uh, she she before she became uh, uh, her own bank, she was an advocate football watcher also on Sunday. But I, I think she repented of that. She moved forward, and so because I know she wasn't watching the game last night because she kept texting me during the game with Alabama and uh, and uh, who was that Ohio State. And so uh, I hadn't quite repented yet, and I'm working on that. But uh, this hadn't got there yet. We still growing. Doctor Bythewood. Yes, I'd like to address uh, what Mr. Rogers said about sports. Uh, I am like him in that uh, I don't spend a lot of time watching. Uh, in fact, I don't watch any pro games at all. But I do think that we need to recognize that he didn't say don't watch sports. What he said was make your wealth a priority. And there's so many ways in which we can take something that we love to do and we can maximize it with things that we want. I'll give you a perfect example. I have 14 line brothers that I pledged capital with, and one of them died uh, being obese. So one of the things that I implemented was every quarter in the football game, we're going to get up and do some exercise. So now you're, you're sitting there for, for four hours or for three hours, but there's something productive happening. You know, there are only 11 minutes of actual action in the National Football League game. So there are ways in which you could still do something that you love to do, but be productive. And sometimes when we mix the things that we love with the things that we desire, we put ourselves in a position. So transformation isn't always about not doing something, but it's instead adding something to your experience. Amen, amen. And, and, and if you get involved in something that's productive, and usually when we, we, we look for something to make up time, we have to find something 
that's a little more productive than the average way or the, the way that it conforms us to this world. And so we have to find something different so we can accelerate. When you're behind, you have to accelerate. And I think most of us really evaluate where we are economically uh, and what our goals were when we were younger, we discovered that it's time to accelerate uh, the production or the benefit of our income and, and where we are, are storing our goods. You know, uh, Jesus was very concerned about that. Uh, there was the uh, three servants that uh, the master left um, some money with and told them to invest it while he was gone. One had one talent, one had what, two talents, three talents, one had five talents, and the, and the one with the uh, one talent buried his because he thought it was too risky to invest the money. And when Jesus returned, he called him wicked because he said, you at least could have uh, put the money in the exchange and invested it that way uh, and have a little faith. So uh, when we look at Romans here, Romans uh, emphasizes the fact that we are trying to do the perfect will of God. We're trying to exercise faith as we make the transformation into doing something different. And, and that's what I want us to see that when we talk about trading, we're talking about for most of us something different. And the reason I know that because in the past we haven't been able to afford to trade because we haven't been able to afford to get on the vehicle that would allow us to trade. And so is trading a vehicle that can accelerate uh, the return on our cash, Miss Dye? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Did I, did I throw something on you? Why are you frowning? <laughs> okay, absolutely. <laughs> because, I mean, think about it. You know, you, every time you approach anything that's different, anything that's new, it's a learning curve, period. There's always a learning curve. So you're going to either make a decision. We don't object to it. You know, we know we're going to school. Um, our children are in school until they graduate. Every year you're presented with something new. So every single year you're learning and you have a learning curve. And then, you know, you think about it, you go get a job. They send you to training. You know, you, they vet you. They do all of these things. There is a learning curve. And so... Here we are talking about a market. We're talking about $6.6 .6 trillion a day. I mean, just think about that. You know, most people haven't, haven't even, we always say million and billion, but nobody ever in normal conversations goes up to trillion. So, and this market has grown. So when you look at the fact that this market is growing, Bitcoin is surged, cryptocurrency, yes, the evolution of currency. So Bitcoin surged, I mean, it was like 300% over the last year. So when you really, really take that into perspective and you really, really look at where we are right now, you have the opportunity to take advantage of this. And do I need $40,000 to buy a Bitcoin? Absolutely not. You can actually take advantage of the movement of this currency. And that's what we teach you how to do. That's what we show you and help you understand because you wanna be wealthy, you gotta do what wealthy people do. So yes, it's a learning curve. Absolutely, absolutely, you have to learn something new. But uh, is aren't you worth it? Or do you wanna stay at 25 cents? Mm. Mr. Rogers, 
Uh, Mr. Wow. Darwin, should you stay at 25 cents? <laughs> Absolutely not. When you put it from that perspective, <laughs> give me my just desserts. <laughs> now, I mean, I, I mean, think about it, though. When I think about where we are right now, and I think about, and I'm sure Dr. Bythewood will be able to chime in with this as well. Uh, my, my degree is in business economics. Uh, my, my undergrad degree is in business economics and my, uh, my uh, minor is in psychology. So those two things, money and, 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 and psychology, right? So money, money, money is an energy. And when you don't understand it, you become manipulated and abused by it. And I think about me sitting at Florida a University, love my university, but after upon graduation, I was completely clueless about life. You know, I, I met the basic requirement, which means, and this is just my perspective, that when you've attained your degree, that simply means that you paid all your money, right? You met the mental requirements by showing up and, and passing the test. And then you leave school in most instances inundated with debt because no one prepared you how to navigate. And then you immediately are so concerned about because they tell us you got six months uh, before you have to start paying back those student loans. So you rush out unprepared and just try to uh, pursue something that would eliminate some of that pain so this concept, this process is really teaching us the understanding that we've been completely misinformed when it comes to the dynamics. And, you know, I almost got really, really smart. And I'm not, this is just my perspective, ladies and gentlemen, my listeners. But I was in the process of getting ready to obtain my master's degree in order to make an extra $10,000 annually. But it was going to cost me another $38,000 at that time to make an extra 10,000. So that was gonna put me in, in, in the debt threshold for another 30 years on the average before you pay off your student loan. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, my perspective is in the transformation and the transform my mind, is education important or is what you're being educated upon brings the most value. So uh, I am 2 billion percent teaching people how to tap into this 6.6 .6 trillion dollar day industry and now if you add the acceleration of cryptocurrency we're now in that phase where it's being in the acceptance phase uh just like you mentioned you you purchased something and you got 15 dollars in bitcoin uh there are stores here in jacksonville that you can go to a coin machine and purchase cryptocurrency so wake up world wake up wake up wake up no more sleeping in bed Time to get ahead. That's all I got to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bryce, I didn't know you were a rapper. They talked that in Florida a and also. No, no, uh, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> mic check, mic check, mic check. One, no, two, no, one, two. No, no, no. Not personal. Absolutely not. <laughs> so rap is a form of entertainment. Another form of entertainment is cartoons and i am <laughs> the first person to admit that being a person that grew up as an only child i enjoyed cartoons so much that i changed the name of them to animated series so it made me sound cooler so one of my favorite animated series was 
transformers more than meets the eye. <laughs> and what would happen with a transformer is you would be a normal, regular, slow moving machine going from place to place. But the moment you decide to make that sound and to transform, guess what? Then you became a powerful vehicle that could move fast throughout the land or throughout the air or throughout the water, depending on what type of transformer you were. So Paul was way before his time with this because what he's saying is that you can be like the rest of the world and slowly walk from place to place if you want. You can spend an extra $38,000 to make an extra 10,000 if you want, or you can renew your mind. You can transform. <laughs> to where we need to go. That's so true, Dr. Bike Wood. And uh, Ms. Dyer, can you read verse three for us? Hold on. Gotta let me get it. Unless, you know, the walking Bible over there, he probably know it off the top of his head. Who's that, um, Mr. Rogers? Mm-hmm. All right, I got it. <laughs> I got it. So, for, for by the grace given me, I say, to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with, with sober judgment and in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Exactly. And so God has given each and every one of us a certain amount of, of grace. And he points out that grace is the ability to think sensibly. And as, as God has distributed that measure of faith to each one of us. And uh, Dr. Bikewood just emphasized the fact that it just ought to make sense. It doesn't make sense to, to pay uh, interest on $30,000 for a $10,000 uh, raise. It doesn't make sense to me. It's not sensible. And, and so certain things just don't make sense. It doesn't make sense to put your money in a savings account. They're only going to pay you a half a percent interest on your money. And they're going to make thousands of dollars off of your money and not give you a dime for using your money. That just doesn't make sense. It's not sensible. It's not something. And so trans, part of the transforming of our mind is being able to think clearly and with some sort of understanding. In order to, to think clearly and have understanding about something you have been exposed to, you got to take the time to be taught so that you can think sensibly. Uh, I don't know how we think that we can uh, think sensibly about uh, systems that we haven't been exposed to. And so I was talking to some pastors the other day and I said, one of the things that we got to do is we got to create some systems for our kids when they finish college, Mr. Rogers, where they can plug into the economy. Like you said, you, we graduated and we just walk around with a, with a, with a rope, cap and robe on and, and not knowing how to plug in uh, to the system because other folk were saving those, uh, those outlets for their own children. And so they're not going to create competition for their children. And so we have to create opportunities to plug in. And so this is a system that we're offering where uh, our children can plug in before they spend that $38,000 
for in exchange for ten thousand dollars. I know this is one of your pet peeves, Miss Miss Dyer. You jumping it better. <laughs> before, before he responds, I want us to take ownership as well, though. I, I really do. And and we know how systems that you know we've been talking about systems, but you know when I was um, the you know recruiting commander for Jacksonville. I was in every single high school out here. And it really brought some stuff to perspective. I visited every high school because one of our target, you know, our target audience was high school seniors. And most of them, oh, I'm going to college. They don't know why they're going. So before they even get to where the competition is, before they even get there, they don't know. And then when you look at what the attrition rate is, so we have to do better in our own households. From the time a child is young, to kind of give them some direction and saying something more than I'm going to college. What are you going for? Because when they get there, they think they've met it. We, we succeeded, you know, I'm here now. And so it's like, you got a sense of accomplishment and, and parents have pride because you're in college, but it's like, what, what am I in school for? For what, you know? And so then they accomplish that and they have no further direction. Cause it's like, now what, what do I do now? And so they'll keep going to classes and get those degrees but it's like, if you don't have them focused, it's always about, we talked about goal setting. So you set that goal and you backwards plan. So if college is on a destination to where you're going, like you wanna be a doctor, lawyer, something of that nature, then guess what? You have to go to college, but don't just go to college because you are just going to college. You know, it's a business. And because it's a business, what am I going for? So they're there to make money. So where, what are you going for? Like he said, what are you being educated upon? And so before we, you know, because that's also a shift in mindset because we'll be quick to say, well, they've created the system. Our children can't do this. Our children can't do that. But let's take ownership from, 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 from the direction within our household because what path are we setting them on? Where are they going? Wow. The major has spoken. The major has spoken, Bishop. Yeah, yeah, I heard her. I heard her. She, I heard that tone. She had changed up on us. But, <laughs> but, but, but that's what Paul is in modern. Be, be, uh, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we, we got to take ownership as well. But I, I do want to add to the fact that, you know, I'm just over here. Having, I'm just like thinking about replaying my life right now, right? Because I was program to think that I was going to become a professional player and they told me that in order for me to get to the NFL I had to go to college right so my initial first semester on campus was I enrolled I had my classes and I went to practice I went to class for the first week then I got introduced to Nintendo Tech Mobile and I played Tech Mobile and went to practice because I was only going to be in school for a year. Then I was going to the league. So my brain was all no, discombobulated, <laughs> was all discombobulated. And, uh, and, 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 and like Ms. Dyer said, you know, I, I think about the fact that I was fortunate enough to graduate. And we talk about the perspective of, of education being a business. I'm thinking about the many people who enrolled with me who didn't finish but they left with student loan debt and they still didn't finish. So that number is just amazing. So I do wanna help our listeners understand that, you know, uh, when, we, when we know better, we do better. And that's why we are so adamant about making sure that we 
continue to have conversations like we're having right now and just to reshape the thought process because we do have to take ownership by unlearning some things because you know we we find ourselves and it pains my heart in this sense uh, that we have a lot of sports activities and I love sports I, I mean I think sports team sports is a great tool but man there are so many parents out there uh, hoping that Johnny and 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 and, and Jerry is going to be able to to uh, become a, a professional athlete so that they can take care of the family and I just understand from a biblical perspective that, that it should be the other way around and so that should be our pursuit so we definitely got to take ownership and, and re, re, uh, reevaluate some of the things that we've been taught as well. Well, let's, let's pretend that Johnny does make the team and he does get that big check. Most of them, are, they play about two, three years, and then in the fifth, sixth year, they broke. So they're not to handle the money that they made. You know, and so, 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 so still we have to plug in to, uh, to some system that shows us and teaches us about money. Right. Because when you start making that kind of money, there's always somebody waking up every morning. These words my daddy. Somebody waking up every morning trying to figure out how to get what's in your pocket into their pocket. And, <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> and so uh uh and that that's just the truth. When you're making that kind of money, somebody's always trying to figure out how to get what you got. And, and so if he don't if we don't teach our as Ms. Dyer said, we don't teach our children how to handle money then uh and for most folk who look like us that's an unknown because we never had that kind of money before and I, so it's you've got to plug into some other folks who can teach you about uh what's going really going on Go i ahead. think uh, dr whitewood i mean i know this is you everything that we're talking about in this i mean you probably like the subject matter expert beyond because you've had so many different experiences by being a professor um, and then it, it, even when we talk about the big check, you know, can, can you kind of just share with us your experience when you were the director of finance for the, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and really what was that like from that perspective? So I think listeners really need to understand uh, how important it is to make sure that we engage in this process at the beginning. Can, can you share with us some of, the, some of the things that you experienced when you were with the Buccaneers? I absolutely can. So. Just for to uh, for clarity for our audience members, I was the financial education director for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which meant my task, my role, my objective was to educate these athletes in a mechanism so that they would know how to utilize their money and be able to manage and understand this complex issue at this young these young ages. So. The initial priority on my end was every single player in this organization needs to hear this. So we're going to do this for 16 weeks. And after meeting with personnel member after personnel member, it became apparent that their priorities were drastically different than mine. So it went from 16 weeks to two weeks and it went from all the players to just the rookies. And one particular year, our second session was on a Monday night. And for the benefit of those of you that may not know the way it works inside of an NFL clubhouse, Tuesday is the day off. We meet on Monday night. 
So, of course, they're thinking about what they're going to be doing the next day. Well, interesting, Bishop Robinson brought up New Orleans. There was a time when New Orleans was a pretty bad football team. And so I go to meet with the Buccaneers, and the day before on Sunday night, they lost to the Saints, to the Aints that they called them back That's then. That's fire. I, I'm, dis- I'm speaking truth. <laughs> so what happened was th- they were so depressed that they lost to the Aints that they, they sent them home. So that means I get there for my session, and they're not there. So I literally, that particular year, only met with the rookies one time. 16 went to one. We started this call off talking about priorities. So this is not anti any organization, anti any sport. It's just about recognizing that systematically, the way this world prioritizes things, it's based on what Bishop Rodderson just said. What is the best way for us to extract revenues from this particular individual or group? And that is why this empowerment piece is so important. Let's empower each person, each family, each community to learn this on their own so that we can begin to do something different. Thank you for asking that question, Mr. Rogers. Wow. And and so uh, this is why we're trying to reach a million families through educate and empower so that uh, we can we can have the ability to share and to direct our children while they're teachable during their teachable moments. You know, the uh, psychiatrists say that uh, between the ages of 20 and 35 are the most teachable moments because people are experiencing uh, a lot of new firsts in their life. First time they get married, first time they live in their own apartment, first time they buy their own car, first time they get their own credit cards, first time they buy their own insurance. There's a lot of firsts between those and during those ages. First children, it's a lot of firsts. And so experiencing those firsts, we come to a point where we recognize we don't know what we're doing. And, and so we have to take advantage of the, these teachable moments uh, in people's lives so we can reach them and we can each one can, can teach one. I know that's one thing, one theme you had one year at the church, each one teach one. And so we have to uh, entrust uh, information with other folk, trusting that they're going to share that information with others. Because that's what this movement is about. If we're going to have our own economic system, if money is going to travel around our community more than one time, then we have to, have to uh, share with individuals the importance of money management and how to handle your money. There are professional people out there that will charge you dearly for money management. I can remember uh, a few years ago here in Jacksonville, there was a manager who was taken to trial for mismanaging uh, players' money. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to be taken advantage of when you're ignorant. And so uh, we need to make sure that we share that information and position ourselves uh, to get good, positive information with no hidden agendas. Ms. Dyer. Well, I mean, it's 
the the agenda honestly is like you say teachable moments and i believe that that's always going to be the case like you have to have a teachable moment in life and i think you know when you really look at it and put it in perspective um so i'll just use my son as an example because he's 20 and he's trading and so you have me who is open and wanting to educate the world and you have his dad who you know is a really good father but at the same time you know he's you know he's calling him all the time like go get a job boy go get a job why you have no job go get a job you know and he's like i'm good you know that's what he tells him like i'm good because he's you know he's not open to this information he's not open that's just you know that that that's where he is and so when i look at what my child is able to do and i look at what he's you know the discipline that he has because one thing he did get from football that teachable moment you know is in covid shut that down because he was playing in minnesota but um one of the things that you know he got from that teachable moment you know in his life experience with that is discipline because he's always been very disciplined and he was on that same path Mr. Rogers was on. You know, that that was his world. That's what he thought he was gonna do. So he's taken that skill set and actually transferred it over the discipline that he has into this. And so he's open. So he did go, you know, stay with his father. His father was making him work for a while and he came back home and he realized just how important this skill set is. So sometimes we have to realize, you know, because he was trading, but he wasn't taking it serious. He went and worked and was like, I don't understand how people slave all day. You come home tired. And I, he was like, Ma, I can't do this. I can't do it. And that moment made him understand just how significant and important it is for him to create his own. And so that's literally what he does. I don't do anything for him anymore. You know, he's created his own and that's what he does. And so those moments, you know, as long as somebody's been exposed, as long as they've been exposed, you know, we can't expect everyone to transition at that moment. So, you know, our, our responsibility is to share this information. And so what's going to happen is they'll come back around because they will have a life moment. They will have a teachable moment that's going to push them toward, you know, to say, wait a minute, I do need to be open. I do need this. I do need to transform. You know, I absolutely must, you know, shift my life and do something different. Because I'm worth more than 25 cents a minute. Mm. Wow. Mr. Rogers, you were brought up in that conversation about teachable moments. Uh, I guess when we when we got out of school, we recognized that we were not, there was no connection for us. There was no no real place for us we could find in the in the economic world. And that became a teachable moment. I gotta find my way. I gotta do something to make a difference. Right, right. I, I would tend to piggyback off of Dr. Bythewood because I'm, I'm a transformer fanatic as well. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm just grateful and thankful that I had some people that was willing to tell me the hard things uh, about, uh, and, and it made me better. And sometimes, I, and you know, sometimes when people tell us the hard things, you know, it, it, it may take a minute, but, you know, once again, like Ms. Dyer said, our responsibility is just to expose people to the information. Um, and you know we do good by doing good so i'm excited uh, about transformation uh, because many of us who are on this platform all of us together you know we went through that process so we will be compassionate with others 
uh, when we expose people of uh, information and we will empathize, but you know, we're not going to allow anyone to make any excuses for not operating in their greatness. Um, and we're going to hold everybody accountable to uh, producing uh, and operating in excellence. Uh, so that's what transformation is about, you know, expanding, uh, increasing, but making sure that the influence that each and every one of us uh, possess, we are willing to share with the others so that they can now experience uh, the opportunities that, that many of us have been uh, less uh, willing to adhere to, but, you know, time has now pushed us all into a place. And I think Dr. Bythewood said it so good that the, the COVID experience taught us about uh, how to uh, re resources are being reallocated. I, I think that was the word that he used. So now that everybody's making that adjustment, uh, we're finding more ways to be efficient. And I think that's what he said. Uh, but I know he'll, he'll, he'll add to, and I'm waiting on him to do that. Cause <laughs> well, you know, you, you, you're, you're absolutely right. This whole world is transforming. And if we think that we don't have to transform with it, we're, we're, we're fooling ourselves because if we think America is going to look like it did a few years ago, we're fooling ourselves. We all have to transform with it, with, with what's, what's happening in our country. Uh, and things change, as you well know, you know, of what happens in Washington affects the whole world and how the world functions. And so we got we to gotta be ready to change our ways in order to, to make sure that we are economically uh, efficient. In, in this changing society. Correct. Let me chime in there, Bishop Rodison. So yes, Mr. Rogers, that is exactly what I said. And I want us to think about something. In order for the lights that power your city to function, there's a very important piece of machinery that is necessary. And then there's a big piece of machinery that is rectangular, and it is called a transformer. And what the transformer does is it takes electrical power and it takes it from one circuit to many circuits. Without that transformer, the electricity doesn't have the ability to be able to reproduce. So in order for each one of us to financially educate and empower 1 million families, we have to be a spiritual transformer where we take all of this power and we transform it from one circuit to many circuits. And that is what this movement is all about. Amen. And so we are literally at our top. And so what I wanna do is make sure that we, that's Dr. B is so on point, to where we transform, we have to transform. And we need to be those electrical circuits. And, and what is that? How do we do that? by empowering yourself. And so you can do that, get a copy of this book. We've had so many testimonies, be your own bank hidden in plain sight about how this book is actually transforming and helping shift that mindset. And you can pick that up at beyourownbankmovement.com. Also tonight, what we do is educate. Go to that same website, beyourownbankmovement.com and message us and find out exactly how you can be your own bank and how you can join us this evening, because what we do is we think I'll be
Talks. Talk with the finance doctor, where we are here to educate the one million. We're going to educate the masses. So you just have to ask yourself, what part of that and where do you fit in that one million? How many people are you going to help shift? Because the change is, is the change doesn't start in Washington. The change starts here in your household, one family at a time. And when you empower yourself, you can release those shackles that has always been there. So empower yourself and empower others. So 1 million families need to be transformed. And this is the year of transformation. 2020 gave us our correction and 2021 is the transformation that's required for you to become your own bank, create your own legacy and create your own value. So we wanna thank each and every last one of you all for joining us today. We're so excited to be back. Yes, we are. And we will definitely see you this evening and we will see you back in the same time, same spot next week. With that being said, love you all. And this will officially conclude this broadcast. So glad you tuned in. So glad you enjoyed the show. These financial markets, they are yours for the taking. And we're here to help you understand exactly what's been hidden in plain sight. Get a copy of your book today. Be Your Own Bank, hidden in plain sight at our website, beyourownbankmovement.com. Be blessed.